Welcome to another edition of the Brothers Podcast. Today the Brothers, World Tour, Jay Boogie, Play Correct Joe, LT The Voice, are joined by special guests, Mr. Wallace and Coach Dave. Stay tuned, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Brothers Podcast. I'm joined by Jay Boogie. What's up, bro? Happy Sunday, fellas. LT The Voice. What's up, bro? What's up, brothers? Lily Correct Joe. What's up, bro? How you doing? How you doing? Mr. Wallace, what's up, bro? Good afternoon, brothers. How you doing? World Tour. What's up, bro? What's going on, baby? And we got a special guest today. We're joined by our coach, Dave. What's going on, bro? What's happening, everybody? All right. Today, <clears throat> topic is going to be what does leadership mean to you? LT the voice. What, L, what does leadership mean to you? Please correct Joe. What leadership means to you? Um, leadership means a lot to me. You know, like a leader is someone that just, you know, take control of a situation, whether good or bad. And, and you know, always, always there. You know, a leader is a good listener also. But it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's knowing, it's, it's, it's able to think on your toes. And, and, you know, and able to get along with everybody on your team. World Tour. Jay Boogie. Yes, sir. Um, to me, le leadership is 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 a per. It, to me, leadership um, is an individual that that has the ability to me to rally um, folks that are around them in any type of situation, whether personally or professionally, um, and able to galvanize and make the best out of a situation. Uh, recognize people's full potential um, and be a servant leader. Uh, leadership in itself is not easy. It is probably one of the most difficult things that any person will ever uh, have to undertake. Um, and I and I speak from that from just from a military perspective. Leadership was probably the hardest thing. But obviously, with in the military, with rank came responsibility. And if you're not ready for the responsibility of of a leadership role, I think you know too many times people look to become a leader just for the sake of the title, but really don't want to deal with the responsibilities that involves leadership. And I'll stop right there. Mr. Wallace. Uh, thank you. Um, I think uh, leadership, so to be an, an effective leader, um, I think that you have to have a certain confidence in yourself and what you're doing, as far as like what you're leading, um, to, in order to galvanize people, um, to stand behind you and to, you know, go after what you want. I think that's what, you know, that's what leadership, leadership entails. Just that, that self-confidence in what you're putting your, 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 your energies in 
um, as well as, you know, with that team, encouraging everybody to be, I guess, the most productive part of that puzzle, um, recognizing their strengths, their weaknesses, and using it to, I guess, you know, to the advantage of, of whatever, you know, you're leading towards. Um, I feel like a leader has to be, and to Jay's point, it's very hard to lead. Uh, you know, I've had a few management positions and it's like just different personalities and understanding how different people work and what pushes people and what doesn't, you know, all that has to be taken into consideration um, in, in the leadership. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, what does leadership mean to you? Sorry, Ma. Yeah, what leadership means to you? Oh wow, man, that's a big, it's a big definition. It's not just one thing to be defined. Um, you know, I heard, I heard about just talk about uh, servant leaders, and servant leaders is a whole different thing. Those are people who get down and dirty with you. They're not just saying do something. They're showing you how to do it, and they're going to get down and dirty with you. That's a servant leader, somebody who's actually coming out there to help out the people and do something with it. Um, and we have leaders, we have a bunch of leaders out there. We have a bunch of people, are they leading to the right thing though? So I think a leader has to also have integrity to lead you to the right thing. Um, there's a lot of people out there who can lead you to, down the road that's gonna get you in trouble and they're doing it for their own goals, their own thing. So you have to be able to have a bunch of guys or people that you're going to lead, whether it be family or whoever, and your goal is to make sure they're okay at the end of it, that they're gonna be better off than what they started from. That's what you're leading them to eventually. And um, when you got kids or whatever, you want them to lead them to be able to take care of themselves, to be able to, to step into the same role that, that you're in as a leader. So you have to set a good example, and have to have integrity with it. World tour. <clears throat> LT the voice. What is the hardest thing about leadership? Believe correct, Joe. See, the thing is with me, I never wanted to be a leader, right? Like, because the hardest thing about being a leader is dealing with assholes. You have a bunch of assholes, a bunch of different personalities, you know, you have people that's um, too ambitious or people that's not ambitious enough, you know, people that don't care. But, and sometimes it's just, for me, it's just easier to, to me, it's always just easier just to, you know, I'd rather have, have, it's too hard to organize stuff sometimes. Like, for, for you know, like, like uh, for instance, like, like you more, like, you know what I'm saying? You have a great leadership mentality I don't like I don't have my I don't have the patience to be a leader and I think that's the hardest part of being a leader is patience <clears throat> Jay Boogie um what's the question again Ma? I was listening to Joe I was taken aback by what he just said but what, what was the question again <laughs> <laughs> what is the hardest thing about leadership um, I think the hardest thing about leadership is, is, is it, it is patience and it is, it is the willingness to learn who, whomever your subordinates or employees are. Um, it, it, 
it requires a lot of patience, but it also requires, to Dave's point earlier, is is to be in the mix with your people, um, because you know you never want your people to go out there and do something that you one don't know how to do, or two that you're unable or unwilling to do, and that makes a horrendous leader. And so patience is very important uh, because as a leader, um, you, you know you you really are there to serve your people versus them there to serve you. And I think too many times where we find with and people in leadership roles, they they want it to be the opposite way around, whereas the employees should serve them versus them serving the employees. Because at the end of the day, you want to build a bench for whatever organization you're a part of to make sure that one day somebody could take your job. And that's that's something that so many people are afraid of as leaders, that somebody will come and take their job one day, but which is which is absolutely insane. And and then to 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 just come back to what Joe just said. I don't think I would have ever thought those words would have come from you. But I will ask yeah. you a question, right? If you don't yeah. want to be a leader, how can your kids learn to be leaders? No, because I, I was going to make that point too, right? Like, it's... Like, I... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm leading my family, and I have to lead them. And it's a hard job to lead them, and, you know, it's like a 24-7 job all the time to just to, to lead these kids and and it's hard and the thing is when you get out there in the real world and like you're in an office and just to get someone to do the simplest things it's not in my job the union this is it's like so it's like nobody is never on the same page right and it's so hard to get people on the same page it, it, it's especially in the professional field like I don't, I, I don't, I, and I don't have the patience, bro. Like I don't have the patience. Like you know, I rather and and I keep and they keep and I'm always being forced to be in the leadership role, but it's like I'm always like I don't want it. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you gotta remember, people people see potential in you that you don't see in yourself, and that's and that's probably why they're pushing you that way. But I'll get off the soapbox because I know more I want to get around to Dave, Mr. Wallace. I'm coming back to you, though, Joe. You ain't getting off that easy. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Mr. Wallace, what's the hardest thing about leadership to you? Um, you know, listen, listen to everybody else's answers. Uh, I, I was at first going to go with patience. Um, but I would have to say resilience, right? It's, um, it's the consistent effort that you have to put forward because the first way to lead is by example. Um, so if you can't be the right example, then the people who are following you are going to fall short. I feel like if you are in a position to lead, a chosen position to lead, um, it would be, you know, with something that you love to do, um, or something that you're highly invested in, like your children, um, where patience could be, you know, a little irritating, but that, I don't think that, you know, I don't have, I don't have an issue being patient with my daughter. You know, I, I love her too much. Um, but the resilience, you know, the getting up every day and putting my best foot forward and having her see that every day, uh, I think that that would be the hardest part. What about you, Dave? What's the hardest thing about leadership? Um, it depends on who you're leading. It really depends on who, who you're leading. There are people, there are times where um, patience is needed. There's time when it's time to flip a table and go crazy. And you got you have to really figure out <laughs> when's that moment. You gotta figure out when's that moment. 
to come into it. There are some people where you're dealing with them and you could talk, you gotta figure out who you're with and, and know your audience. So you have to be able to, you could talk soft to one guy and say, yo, could you please do this? And they go, oh, I got it. And then some guy, you gotta grab him behind the neck and go, I told you move your blankety blank, whatever. He goes, oh, you mean move? Oh, I got it, yeah, I get it now. So it depends on Also, I think the another thing about leadership is recognizing talent is a big deal, or recognizing someone's strengths. And you can't put somebody who's not able to do the job physically into a spot to do a job, and you should know that. They may want to do it, but you go, that, that ain't for you, man. This, this ain't. And you got to be able to say, I got something else for you that you're going to that you're gonna be better off in to help us get to our goal. So there are a lot of times where people want to do something. They want to be like, like I heard, I just heard people want to be in leadership positions or a bigger position on the limelight position. Sometimes you you in the front and sometimes you're the backup singers. You got to make sure that you're in the right spot for you. And that's the leader's job. The leader's job is, don't worry, they're going to be mad at you no matter what. No one's always going to be happy with you. Everybody's going to, matter of fact, most of the time, you guys are all parents now. Most of the time, your kids are mumbling and grumbling at you going, man, dad's a little blah, this, or he, something's wrong with dad, and they angry. But in the end, you know you did, right? And that, and when the kids just back, go, dad was so good right at this moment. Don't see it then. So sometimes being the leader is just taking it, got to take the heat, man. And, 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 but you know what, too, Dave? I like to add, um, listening, listening, it, a lot of leaders, they don't listen, right? Like, it's like they don't hear. They're not, they don't comprehend very well. And for some reason, the, the people that's put in position is always like, they're so arrogant, which is needed, but it's like, you know, listening has a lot to do with it as well. I, I think non-effective leaders don't listen um, because right. the one of the greatest traits of leadership is being an effective communicator. Um, and again, you heard me say this many a times, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason so we can listen more than we talk. And, and that, is, mm -hmm. that is something that you have to do in order to change any organization is be a good listener because as a leader, you're too far away from you know certain things that are going on. And the only way to get the ground level truth in anything that's going on is to listen to your employees, right? And so, you know, and the other part about, to me, you know, being a leader, like you have to lead with sympathy and empathy at the same time and also be an effective communicator because people come from all walks of life, different types of backgrounds, and that equates to job performance. And so we, I know in leadership, we go work, 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 but there's also a personal side of your employees too that you have to try and learn who he or she is in order to figure out what, What's making them tick or what's making them not perform at work? That's a part of being an effective leader and having a little bit of sympathy and empathy goes a long way when you try to lead people. Well, I wouldn't even get to that part about, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Dave, go. I wouldn't even get to that part about just employees though. I'm saying you have to think about people. I try to look at everybody as if they were my daughter. And how would I talk to my daughter when, when I'm dealing with certain things? And there are moments when, I told her 17 times not to do that thing here. So I gotta, I gotta go try a different approach. It may be that I jump on the table and scream at her, or it may be that I, I, I figure to say something nicer to her in another way. There's moments when you have to realize that these people need their, they have an issue and I'm not trying to necessarily solve the issue, but let them know I'm there, I'm here. If you wanna talk about it, 
we can address your issue and we can get down to the bottom. We can try to get down to the bottom of it. But so you can so you can perform better, so you can feel better, so you know what's up. They'll get behind you. People will get behind you if they know that you're with them. If they know that you're for them, they know that you're more than just this goal that we're getting to it. You take a real interest into them. Just what you're hitting on, man. You got you got you got you got have, you got to have interest in the people for real beyond what whatever is doing, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's in a sports sporting event. If you're down with them beyond their their thing, whatever you're doing, then they'll be better. So I want to bring World Tour into this. So World Tour, um, two things. What does leadership mean to you? And what's the hardest thing about leadership? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, well, what leadership means to me is basically to... Um, to, to you know to show a better way to um there's a lot of qualities that go into leadership i'm gonna say this you got to be patient because you got to understand um the people that you're trying to lead or the people that you influence are not always able to receive the information at the time that you may feel they need it whatever the case may be but a lot of the times how we always refer to people from back in the days that echoed the certain things they said echoed in our brains. So like, those are definitely a good form of leadership and basically to pay forward, man, for the, and always have the, the mind state whereas like how sincere used to always say to me, I want you to be better than I was. And that's, and that's the energy we gotta have. As a leader, you gotta always want the, the next generation to be better, stronger, smarter than, than who you were. Now, um, can you um, say the second question again? The hardest thing about leadership. The hardest thing about leadership, it, it goes into what I, like what I was just saying is that basically so a lot of times people are not able to receive the information and you may be wanting to lead them to a better place and be a better person, but they don't just don't see the vision. And you could get frustrated with them and you can get frustrated with the process and it could sour the relationship. So you gotta be you gotta be mindful of that. That um sometimes it takes 20, 30 years. And that's that's too long of a time to take, but sometimes it's like that. And even like um how we are all pairs, like all of us have different qualities, and we do have leaders within our pair group. You know what I'm saying? That um, so it's it's not an easy thing to do because you gotta deal with different personalities, wherever the case may be. And at the same time, you got to practice what you pre preach. So it's, it's it's a tough job, but, you know, it, it can be done. So I want to go to Jay Boogie. Jay Boogie, what qualities does a good leader need to be effective? Um, you, you have to be in a at the communication, I, I think, is the most important trait uh, that a leader can have. And, and if you don't communicate effectively, um, openly and transparently, I think it causes lack of trust in any, whether at home or at work, because I think to Dave's point, this is not just about at work. This is also related to being a leader at home, like Joe said as well, leading his family. You got to be open and transparent with your wife, with your kids, with your employees, with your you know relatives, whatever. And so, but you got to be able to do it through communication and do it effectively and, and do it consistently too. Um, because you can't just communicate with people when something's going wrong. You got to be able to communicate both the good and the bad. That way, when you do communicate something that's bad, 
it's not the only time I'm communicating with you as a leader um, is when something's wrong. I'm, you know, giving you the praise when it's good and I'm letting you know when you're messing up and then we'll figure out how to fix things. But communication is very important. Please correct Joe. What qualities does a leader need to be effective? Um, you, I feel like you have to love what you do. You have to have a passion and a love for whatever you're doing. Like what makes me a great leader in my family, and I be real, is because I love them. I love them, I love my kids, I love my wife. I want the shit to succeed. I want my kids to succeed. So I go above and beyond for them. In the same breath, right? When I work for like companies and shit, it's like, I don't got time for these assholes. You know I'm saying? I just want to sit here in the corner, do what I got to do to make my shit right. Right? And I'm going to take care of this. So I just, it depends on what role it is. But I feel like every great leader has to have passion for what they're doing and what they believe in. That's the first step. You have to love what you do. Because if you don't love what you do, there's no way you can lead people and have people follow you and trust you. And, you know, you got you to gotta believe in what you, you know, what you're doing. Mr. Wallace. Uh, I'll agree. Um, I, I believe that, um, yeah, the love for what you do, I, I would say that that, that will correlate to the, to the level of dedication, you know, to Dave's point. Um, you know, you have to be like, like you said, you know, you, your people have to know that you got their back. Um, I think that that level of like rapport camaraderie is extremely important on, on a team and, uh, your level of transparency, uh, will, will bring that. But I, I did want to say, there was a point that, um, that Dave made that, that, that I think Joe made it first, um, about, you know, listening. Right. And then Jay backed it up with, you know, you got to be a good communicator. Um, and then even Dave, you know, has said, you know, sometimes you got to figure out different ways to, to get your point across. And all that is true. Um, I definitely think as a leader, you need to be a good communicator. That is, you know, one of the top three things. Um, however, I also believe that, you know, because you know, I've, I've been a leader, it's like, all right, if our goal is deep, right? And this one over here, who I'm listening to, wants to go from Z all the way to D. And I'm like, I know that's not going to work because I have a bigger purview than that person. You know what I mean? So even though you do want to listen and be empathetic, you also have to be stern in leading, right? Like you got to say, well, this is the goal. This is how we're working towards it. I need you to do, you know, B, C, and D because this is B, C, and D is what you're good at. You know, I mean, we're not going to bring you over to F. I know you want to go to F and be lovely, but that's not for you right now because we're trying to get here. And I think, um, you know, that is also important. What about you, Dave? What qualities <clears throat> does a leader need to uh, to be effective? Um, you need a, you need a leader who's mature. You need a leader who's a leader has to be mature. So you can't bring some little kids or somebody who's going to cry every five seconds that things don't go their way. You need somebody who's decisive, and decisive means that you make sure that they're um, you, you're, you're going to make a decision and you're going to live with the decision, even if it's wrong. 
you have to admit it's wrong and we're going to redo it again, but I'm sticking to this decision. Um, there's about, let's see, consistency. You got to be the same way every day. You can't be wishy-washy. You got to be the same thing. The guys are coming, people are coming to you asking you something. You got to stick to your gun and say, this is what we're doing. We're not going to do what somebody else does. And maturity, decisiveness, strength. Um, yeah, consistency, decisive strength. Those are the things you get, you have to have as, as a leader. If you don't have those things, you, you're not really a leader. You're not really a leader if you're not if you're not going to follow through on, on those um those things. You can't you can't you can't make a decision one day and then back it up the next day. You have to go ahead and say we're going to run it through this course and make sure it's going to work out right. You can't keep wishing, and you got to go through the process also. There's a process there. You guys have grown up, and there's a process to being a grown up. You just can't jump the day in and be a 12-year-old kid and then take on all responsibility. There's a process to it. A leader has to let you be processed. So I want to go to World Tour. World Tour, do you think there's the leadership in the school system that you, when you grew up and now, since you have children, um, do you think there is a good leadership in the school system at the, where we, when you was younger or or now, since you are a parent, parent on the other end. Well, um, yeah. Before I say that, I just wanted to definitely, yeah, I definitely was feeling what Dave was just saying, man. I was, you know, when you hear people talk, you think about yourself. You be like, God damn, man, yo, I got a, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, so besides that, not like, um, like we said on our other podcast the other week, like they, the good brothers and leaders, they are out there. It's just that when our eyes are so consumed with all this other nonsense around us, we choose to look over those people. Like, cause Dave is a is a um, living testament to that right there, a leader that was as we was coming up through the madness. And you know, it's some of us, some some of us stray the other way, like really, like that life. So there, there's definitely, and I gotta um, definitely recognize a great leader I had. His name was Mr. Reed. His name is Mr. Reed. And right now he's doing well within the um, Board of Education system. Like in um, me, Mr. Wallace, we was in his freshman class. And my man Stinker too. Like we was in freshman class and like he elevated. He was like 22 years old as a teacher. Always taught us the right thing. Always taught us to elevate. He even took us to extracurricular things on the weekend and he didn't have to do. You know what I mean? So it was... They were there. It's just that uh, my, I feel like for me personally, it was so much stimuli there that those leaders were overlooked by other leaders that, you know, may have made you go astray. Now versus today, I have to say definitely in the school system down here in Atlanta and definitely, definitely my district in Cobb County, um, I, my kids got some pretty good teachers. Now, of course, there's a lack of leaders that look like me within that school system, but um, nevertheless, they they do have a lot of um young black teachers that that teach them, and a and a lot of the other races they you know they teach them good. Like I I witnessed firsthand a lot um having my kids remote learning this year, so they do have good leadership in the school system, and they also do have those who are there just for the check. So you know. Take the good with the bad.
What about you, Jay Boogie? Yeah. Um, like I, I'll echo real quick what Toy just said about Dave, and Dave is an absolute uh, living testament for all of us um, about what leadership really looks like when you genuinely care about people. And and he took a took a keen interest in all of us growing up to make sure that we weren't doing stupid things out there on the streets. He probably saved all of our asses, quite frankly. Uh, but but that's what we needed, though. We needed it back then. And he had a way about how he did it and how he went about it. And we were all receptive to it. I think people like him, for all of us, I mean, before we started this, we were talking about teachers that we had growing up. And we still talk about those teachers today because you know, not only were they good teachers, they also had an experience that we were all able to relate to. So we were learning, but they were also teaching were also- us the mistakes that they made. Um, and, 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 and things that they experienced. So it kept us on a straight and narrow. I think when you fast forward to today, like, I mean, Tories is in, in Georgia, I'm in, in, in Virginia. The school system is a lot different down here. So the experiences that my daughters get versus what I got growing up is completely different. Is the education good? It's really good down here in Virginia. Um, but are they, are they getting the education plus some of the life lessons that we were taught growing up in school, the answer to that question is no. Uh, is there leadership in school? Absolutely. Um, but are there a lot of people that look like my daughters and I and my wife? Absolutely not. And so that's a concern for me. Um, but at the same time, this this is America and it is a melting pot. But at the same time, you want them to know like, hey, you can be a teacher, but it re- it's really hard for them to think that you can be a teacher uh, if you don't see people that look like you inside of the education system. Play correct, Joe. Um, yeah, I, I like. I believe in the school system. Like I said, can the school system use more work? Definitely. But you know, a lot of the teachers, they have a lot to deal with, and this is what I was. And as leaders, you know, everybody might not be equipped to be a leader, but from what I've seen with the school system. You know, can it use more resources? Yes, it could definitely use more resources. But they do a they do a a, a great job with what they have. But that more could definitely be done. But you know, like in certain times when I was in high school, right? Like there was always people teaching me what to do and the right thing. They was always telling me the right thing. They was always like pressuring me. And you know, I'm an asshole, asshole. And you know, they don't know what they it was it was leaders all around us. But enough, we didn't listen. So you know, let's say a, a hard head and make a soft ass, you know. But I I feel like the but you know you never know what's happening in someone's household or and I feel like a lot of teachers or, or the school, a lot of kids don't know how to communicate, so they don't know how to tell the teachers what's going on. And you know, the teachers, they have so much kids, so much on their plate. You know, they have their own personal business. They don't have the time to figure out what's going on. But I, I believe, like the school system, is doing a great job with what they have. Okay, what about you, Dave? Man, this is a tricky question, Marl, man. I think this is unfair. But all right, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to think this is unfair. I am now a school teacher, so I'm going to tell you straight up, and, and I might get in trouble for saying this stuff here. 
Don't say it then, Dave. Dave, don't say it. Okay, so, but, but let me say, let me go, let me go in this thing here. When I came into the community center, I wanted to save when I was working down there at the community center at uh by 4 30, I wanted to save the world. I came in I, right out of college and I said, man, wait till I get here. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And when I got there, man, the lady said, look, why don't you just start with cleaning the bathroom, making sure the bathroom is straight, making sure nobody's coming in, bum rushing the place, scaring the kids from the pool game, or we can get the homework help together. And I was like, are you kidding? I want to be able to do like, take them on great trips, leave the city, go ahead. And she was like, ease up, ease up. Put the new locks in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, she was like, ease up, ease up. Miss Johnson was telling me like, yo, let's just get the lunch system together and all this. There was like so much chaos. When you're a teacher, now I've been, I've been teaching all this time and I want to, again, I want to do all this stuff. I got all these ideas in my head and realizing that you can't do all the stuff that you can't, you can't save everybody. You can't go touch everybody. I mean, and I mean, touch them in like a way, and even to the more I just said, sometimes you gotta grab a person by the neck and tell them to get to work. And you can't do that. No, you can't do that. You can't go and do so many, there are so many things that you're restrained to do that you really would like to do. And there are so many times you end up with a student who has not picked up a book and you don't know how he got to your class, but he hasn't picked up a book in eight years. I had one kid who told me one time, man, one thing I've read, one thing I've read in the last few years is the back of the toothpaste tube. And I was like, for real? He was like, I ain't never read a book like that. He couldn't, he couldn't think the last book he read was a Dr. Seuss book. And he's about to take the regions. So we have, as teachers, you have so many things that that, that restricts you or hold you down that you don't know where is it coming from or why. And what do you do about that? Even when you work again, um, when I get the, when we was coaching the basketball, I was coaching the basketball team. I had a couple of dudes on some of the teams who was like, who told you could play ball? I got to start from the scratch here, show you how to dribble before you can worry about doing anything else, man. Let's look, let's, let's get your feet right. Let's move out because your feet, are, you're flopping over the place and yo, can I play ball? I'm going, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. And I'm thinking, what I have, you have little to work with. And like, you know, I just heard about the resources. No, we don't have resources, but, but I'm telling you that there are some restraints from the rules now that are set up where you can't do the things that you do. We're in a society now where, I mean, I don't have to yell or scream at somebody, but if you get upset and make a kid up, like, oh, I'm a little nervous right now, all of a sudden everybody's in trouble. So leadership comes down to, again, you have to figure out a way how to work within the system because the system is always changing. The system is going to always, always be a thing where it's not money, then it's going to be money, then it's going to be not this, not that. Leadership in that part is, is learning to adapt to all that stuff that you're getting to you. So I think the biggest thing is that, are there good teachers? Yes. Are there, I think a lot of times that we restrain or we burn out we either put them in handcuffs or we burn out the good. You see somebody good and they keep giving that same teacher all the rough kids to work with. So that, that same good teacher is getting his whole class. He got 30 kids. All 30 kids got some problem. That he's the only person who can handle it. So now this dude's, he's burnt out at the end of the day and they give him, his reward is you could do 30 more and not just get like, let's give him some time off so he can re regroup. Let's give him 30 more of those kids. I get that all the time. He can handle the bad kids. I'm sitting in my room. I got all these kids who got 
This kid went to jail. This kid got a parole thing. This guy got this issue here. This dude just, he punched the dean in the face. The dean wants you to hold him. I'm like, yo, yo, that's dead wrong, man. Like, really? <laughs> and then if you do a good job, your good job is get some more bad kids or troubled kids. The system is there, but it's, 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 our system is broken, really broken. So I want to, I want to say that since the system is broken, I want to ask, you know, Jay Boogie, how can that change? Who can, how, who can change it? How can it change and who can change it? Um, I, I mean, first of all, again, this, this always goes back to politics, man. Always. And understanding who your local representatives are, making sure that people get out there and vote. Because, again, these are the people that effectively make change in policy. And that's the key word that Dave said that I that I keyed in on is policy that hinders them from doing certain things within the school system. You know, whomever the, the, the commissioner is or whatever the hell you call them of Department of Education to city council to mayors, because this is a budgetary issue. You know, what are they focused on as it relates to budgets in the city? Are they focused on education or is it just lip service? But again, there are council members, there are both city, state and local representatives that sit in, you know, in the assembly, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't pay attention to that because we only focus on big elections. But these are the people that ultimately affect, crumble or make our education system in New York City and anywhere around the world. These are the people that affect it. It is not the president of the United States. It's not. He has zero to do with our education system in the city. The governor has a duty to, to balance the books of New York City. The mayor has a duty to fight for, uh, for education. You know, and so who's fighting? You know, we, we, they talk a lot of good stuff, but you got another election coming up. And who's talking about education? I haven't heard one person talk about education in this mayoral election. None. Nobody. And so, again, back to the point of all politics is local. These are the people that ultimately affect this policy. And if we don't open our eyes and, and become smarter to, to how these people affect our lives, we're going to continue. This will be a, a never ending cycle if we don't if we don't, you know, get smarter on this. Please correct Joe. Believe correct, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here. All right. So me and Jay have been preaching the same thing for um for a while now, right? With the voting, 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 and like the like in our community, right? Like like on Sterling in that area, nobody votes. And I remember I went over there one day and I was telling everybody, you know, there was a bunch of, you know, a bunch of dudes around and I'm telling everybody, you know, you need to vote for the assemblyman and councilman. You know, we have a, a, a broken bar president. You need to vote for this guy. He could help you with the housing issue. You know, go vote. And they'd be like, Joe, we ain't got time fucking voting. And, and you know, not, not, it was like 10 guys out there. And all of them said they ain't voting. And I'm like, but all you gotta do is walk down there. And I said, you could register to vote online. Nah, I ain't got time for that. So, you know, I think within the poor community, we need to develop like a pack group, right? A political, a, a political action committee in the, in like the, you know, the inner cities and the, our, our little communities, you know, the district. We need to have like a little pack where we put people in power. And I guarantee you, you see a lot of changes if we develop a pack. We, you send checks to these um, politicians to say, hey, man, you know, 
we down for you. You know, we're going to look out for you. You look out for us. We're going to give you our vote. This whole community will give you our vote. This is what community does. And that's why they have the good schools. That, like every great community votes. And, you know, and I think a lot of the, um, the schools, they need more like leadership classes. Like, you know, to teach. Because I, I feel like another issue that we have is we have a lot of teachers the same thing as the cops, that they can't relate to the people that they teach. They don't live in the neighborhood that they teach. Like, I, and I guarantee you, if you have a teacher that lives in the hood, like Mr. Anderson did, right? They could relate to you better. They understand what you're going through a little bit more, but you can't have someone who never grew up around us. You know, they just look at it as a job teaching us, patrolling us. like. I feel like it needs to be more people from the community that live in the community which they teach. And another issue is, um, if you look at it, a lot of teachers that teach in the hood, they will not send their kids to schools in the hood. And they help each other get inside good schools outside their neighborhood if they live there. So they'll never send a kid to the same school that they or never want their children to go to a, a, a school that they teach in or they lead. And that's the issue. <clears throat> World tour. I'm here. All right. What you know, David's like the school system is it could be broken. Like how who you think can fix it and how you think they can fix it. Well that's a um that's a tall order man because a lot of hands are involved. Like um Joe was just alluding to with the voting and um, councilmen and all this and and that and turn and that turns into the budget and the resources and of course the staffing all that is a whole clusterfuck because I used to work in inside the school system but I don't know really the ins and outs but I could just imagine and then like how Dave was saying like with the problem childs we know problem childs. You know, people in the streets that's very hard to deal with. And, and then you see the cycle of generations coming up under with the same habits. So that that's overwhelming. Like I could I I know people are burning out. It's it's not it's not easy. And then to to add injury to insult, people are burning out, have all this responsibility and then getting peanuts. And then you got you got knuckleheads, assholes doing something and Become a millionaire doing some dumb shit on Instagram, right? and these people who are raising the community, raising our kids, are not being compensated. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's 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 so much to even think about, and we have to start from the inside out, and then it would have to be. I would think it would have to be a, a big surplus of money, and then with the big surplus of money, people are always going to steal. But if you have some honorable people dispersing the money, and that goes with the congressmen, the people we vote, and it have to be a conglomerate for it to work. Definitely in the inner city, because like how you said, like I think Joe was saying, like certain, because like while I live at Cobb County, in certain neighborhoods, like my school district, like my my kids go to school with millionaire kids, like right down the block is is eight hundred thousand dollar houses, like so. It's different. Like they, they're gonna make sure all these resources. Like I was just saying the other day, 
My daughter just got a voucher from her school for driver lessons at 15. Well, to get her license, road test, all that. Like, they don't, be, they don't do that in Brooklyn? Like, it's so, it's a lot that needs to be done, man. I can't even imagine where to start, to tell you the truth. So going back to Dave, Yo. who do you think can fix it and how you think the school system, who can fix it and how can they fix it? I'm going to say from my view, um, voting, what, what was brought before was voting and being politically involved, that's one of the keys. But another one of the keys, which used to always drive me crazy, you know, is money. And I'm not talking money into just the system, having money. LeBron James comes through with his money and his deep pockets. I'm using him as an example and says, I want this to happen. And I'm going to put some money up with it. And because he put some money up with it, somebody else is going to put some money up with it. And other people are going to get together with it. When I used to run the community center, I'm let you know, Big Daddy Kane came through and danced. And there was Scuba Scraps. Scuba lived upstairs. And Scuba would come through. And we had all kinds of stuff. Smooth the Hustler, Trigger the Gambler. There was MOP. All those guys used to send us like their little rehearsal spot. But when I called them to come, and I'm calling them out right now, I don't care if they get mad. When I called them to come help out the kids, I ain't, and that wasn't about money. It was about coming through and saying, yo, what's up to the kids and let them see you out there so they can do something to change. I think other than, other than um, Smooth and Trigger, nobody else came through. School came through a few times. School still does its thing in the neighborhood. But that's it. Kane told me I was crazy. We need people who are from the hood to come back to help out the hood. That's what I'm trying to say. We need people who have been success stories come back and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to adopt the school. If I, can give, if I could just give one computer to a kid, or if I could take care, if I got real money, I could take care of the, the whole computer room and do something else with the kid. I'm going to sponsor the, the, the basketball team this year. Um, buy cleats, whatever you're going to do. The more we get people to come outside who can say, for you politicians, we don't need y'all. Or you know, and then come inside and back up the politician and say again, if you're gonna, if I'm coming with this, you come with something. But you have to have leaders, real leaders in place and play, have to have integrity because a lot of times the money's there through this whole pandemic. Again, I'm gonna get myself an issue with it, but through the whole pandemic, they promised these kids iPads in New York City. Ain't no iPad come down to the city to my school. We had to get our own iPads to the school. So where'd they, where'd they go? They disappeared, man. We have to have integrity along with it, is what I'm trying to say. We have to have integrity along with the leadership. People in charge have to say, okay, we're we supposed to use this money the right way. So it's a, bunch, it's a bunch of things involved with the school system to change it and to get it right, to get it right the right way. There's, it's so many things. Hey, Dave, if you had to guess right now, as as far as leadership in the Department of Education of, of minorities at the top 5% of the Department of Education, what would you think it is? Leadership? Yeah. Well, our chancellor is a, a, a woman of color. Yep, I saw um, that. Right now, she's a woman of color. And I think we have, I would say somewhere maybe about, be honest with you, somebody who's, we have the black, a black and brown community. I'll say about 25% now. Mm. 
I would say 25% right now who, who's in there because if they're taking now from the teachers and you know, right now we, ha we, ha we have a decent mix of teachers. It's not like it was before here in New York anyway, where it's just, nobody went to school before. So you have to be a teacher, the minimum qualifications is a bachelor's. So we have right. before, we, we, we have a whole bunch of people going to get their bachelor's and their, and their um, master's, but now we got the black, okay, black women are going to get their thing now. We got black women who are doctors and they just going to head out there. The problem is that we don't have enough brothers out here going to school, mm -hmm. or, or at least applying for the job as, as far as a teacher. There, there's a, um, I've been to schools where I'm the only black male in the building. Wow. So that, that's, been, that's been the issue. They, they said that I just went to one school, they found out I was like, the, the kids were like, oh, wow, you're black. We didn't know. <laughs> you're black. The kid registered, I read your name and said, I didn't know you was black. One kid <laughs> fell on the floor and said, man. So I think that's a really big issue. Black men need to step up and come back into it. Again, give back to the neighborhood. Two more questions, and I'm, I'm, and I'm going to shut up, Ball. Um, one, do, do you think there's a lack of propensity to serve as a teacher at large for male and female? And then two, how, how deep do they recruit for teachers in the city? They have programs that recruit now. Um, they have programs that actually go into their neighborhood and get you. They even give incentive if you're from, if you teach in a, um, which is why you, you just went back and heard somebody saying that all your teachers are, are um, uh, don't don't look like you. Mm -hmm. They give they give money for some of these programs. If you go teach at this at, at a Title One school or an impoverished school, they'll give you they'll give you more dough. They'll go out there and say, "I'm I'm gonna commit to four years for this." Um, are they trying to recruit? It's kind of hard to say. They recruited one time, but at the same time, they make it hard for you to get the job. While they they recruit, they recruit you to come in here, but they don't. They don't make it so you can stay there. Mm. So they're saying that we opened the door to you, but then I've seen so many, I've seen so many teachers who I have seen black males come in the school system and they leave within the next the first two years saying, I can't deal with this system the way it is. It's not geared to, to hold us down and keep us there. And mo most of the black men that I see are there are um older guys who are doing their second career. Who don't who don't know how to relate to the kids on their level. They know how to relate to the, the kids, but it's not, it's from somebody who's close to their grandfather's age. Interesting. All right, Marl, I'll shut up. Yeah, oh, you know, you know what? Yeah, hold on, hold on. Dave, one, I, I know the question for Dave, right? Because I was told this, right? Um, you work in the junior high school, Dave? I did. I did work at junior high school, yeah. Because one thing I learned is. The, the teachers and principals, right? They always say that um, a, a junior high school is the hardest. They said that's like the hardest um, school to teach in. Is junior high, right? And I yeah. and I always remember that, like, in, in in kindergarten, right? All my teachers was white, and, and from from elementary school, all my teachers was white. In junior high, I had the black. Um, I had black teachers. And then when I went to high school, I only had one black teacher, right? And right. what I learned is like, all the teachers, they say junior high is like the worst place to teach. 
And everybody I know that's black that got a teaching job, they all teach junior high school because they said those adolescents are real hard to deal with and nobody wants to deal with it. So if that's the only reason why you only see junior high school teachers like majority black, but at least when I was growing up. Um, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I taught Sweet. junior high school for three years. I would never do it again. I would never, never teach junior high school again. Hello? Junior high school was was hardcore, man. I ain't even going front. Them little kids, man, they ran me ragged, man. They had me, yo, I was almost ready to go to the bar every night. <laughs> them little, and I don't even drink. So, them little dudes, but, but you know what it is? Them little dudes, think about it. They come in, they come in at sixth grade. They come in at sixth grade and they all big eyed. They scared to death thinking they in junior high school and they're gone. So you got the kids who stay scared to death. By the time they get to seventh grade, they are little gangsters who got like, yo, you can't tell me nothing. And then eighth grade, you figure, yo, I'm going to smack everybody up because I'm graduating. I'm not ready to leave out of here. So I'm going to do anything I want to do. Nobody's going to tell me nothing. Yo, no matter what grade it is, you got something to deal with. They crying in sixth grade, ready to smack each other. And then they say stuff that like, yo, man, that if you got thick, if you ain't got, if you got thin skin, you're going to get cursed at, screamed at. Little kids going to tell all kinds of stuff to you, man. Yo, I'm telling you, kids have told me some stuff inside junior high that, yo, I really want to tell a kid, yo, meet me outside, man. I really want to say that little bit. Yo, meet me outside. So, um, yeah, I couldn't do, I really couldn't do junior high school again, especially in the neighborhood, man. A neighborhood school? Nah, man. <laughs> so that's why we only get black teachers in the hood in junior high school. I'm telling you, you don't, it's because no, <laughs> nobody's giving up. If they, look here, if you, got a, if you got a high school job and you thinking you good, especially if you did junior high school, you like, yo, I'm not giving this job up to go back up. They say, we're going to give you $5,000. You keep your $5,000, man. Don't worry about that. That little kid going to get me, yo, I almost told, matter of fact, I'll tell you this. I almost told one parent, yo, you and your son, both, I'll get off at three o'clock and take care of both of y'all. Yeah, that little boy. <laughs> no, but. But you know what? But but Dave, in, in in actuality, right? I feel like the most important time of my life, right, in in my school was like high school, right? Right. And I kind of messed up in high school because like none of these teachers could relate to me. All right. right. And I met. I finally met one of the teachers, Mr. Logan. It was a global history teacher to, to get my life together. But it was like, you know, but it's like all these male teachers I have, like these, it wasn't nobody that looked. Well, your mic is, something happened to your mic, man, your connection. You're breaking up, Joe. That was like, you know, that care. That took the time to be like, is everything okay? Nobody teacher that cares. It was like 12th grade. You hear me now? You hear me? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, Hello? We, we hear you a little better. You yeah, but it's just like, you know, in high school, that's when, you know, in 12th grade, that's when I found a teacher that looked like me that actually cared about me. It was weird. You know, but I feel like if I had a teacher, you know, like we need more black teachers in high school and elementary school. That's that. That's where I think the, the school system could change too. 
maybe we need people that look like us, you know, in the beginning, instead of people that don't look like us at all. Like, you know, all my teachers was white in elementary school, and a lot of them didn't care. At least when I was growing up. Yeah, Joe, but that's a gift and a curse because sometimes there's a lot of black people that's in the hood and they and, and they don't have good leadership qualities. So they are at ghetto. You get what I mean? So they'll let kids fight. They'll let kids, you know, they'll talk shit to kids. They'll do, they'll, or they don't give, sometimes they just don't give a rat's ass. You get what I mean? It depends on the the, the, the black, the, the, the black individual that cares because there's a lot of, Black people that work in the, that works in the school system that just don't really care. So no, I, I, I understand that, but and I rather rather have somebody care than someone that looks like me. You know what I mean? If you want to sit there and look like me and don't and want to be ghetto and just don't give a fuck, it, what's the sense of that? You just the same color as it doesn't matter. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I had this um in one of the schools I was at. This was the, okay, this was like the blackest school I ever went to. I heard black power, black power every day. They had a anti-slavery class on this side. They had a thing about how the young lords and the spades and how hip hop got started, another class. And next door to me was this Jewish lady named Ellie Weiss. Ellie was the Jewish lady, little Jewish lady, was the blackest Jewish lady I ever seen in my life. That lady taught me, taught me. I was a teacher. I'm like, I didn't know that about our people. I didn't know that about our people. She knew more about black history and how it related to the kids and how it helped out the kids than anybody else I've ever seen in my life. And the kids all loved her class. No, there wasn't one person when she had people fighting to get into her class. So like you just said, if you're there for the kids, it's great to be there and want someone to know who's really coming there to help you out, that you can actually sit there and, um, matter of fact, we, we got in trouble all the time because we had kids, I had kids to try to get in my room all day long. Like, you can't cut other classes to stay in my room. And she had the same problem with the kids when just, can I just stay here? I hate English. Can I stay in your class? You want, you want kids to understand you and you gotta have to be a leadership to show them how to, that there's more to it, how you connect to the neighborhood. She really connected to the neighborhood. Hmm. That, that was one of the um, schools that probably politically correct Joe went to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to transition. World, world you gotta, talk. You gotta, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Joe. Yeah. I said, Mr. Wallace. I, I think you asked Mr. Wallace the question. I think no, he's, he, not he's still over right now. He's not back. He's not back yet. Yeah. Uh, so okay. I'm going to go to world talk. So is there a lack of leadership in the black community? Yeah, it is. It is. Obviously, it is, man. Because we have a uh, we have a lot of bad influence, you know. Because I've been I've been influenced throughout my life, you know. And now I'm 38. You know, I understand, and I see the difference. I see the difference. So. There's a lack of leadership, but at the same time, those, those people are definitely overlooked. There's a lot of people are overlooked, and they're there, but a lot of a lot of the kids, and I'm guilty of it, not having their attention span to um, to follow through and listen. It's, it's like it's easy, it's tough to do the right thing. It's tough, like definitely to be on top of your books at 
at a young age, like I they was just saying about the, the, the junior high school metamorphosis. <laughs> like that's a fact. Like they be a totally different person every year. And it just changes for the better or for the worse as they get older. So it's we we glorify we glorify those who <clears throat> who do wrong. Those are the ones who are glorified. The success stories, Jay Z from the projects to the boardroom, all that. So like, it's crazy. What about you, Jay Boogie? Is there a lack of leadership in the black community? Um, I think it is, and I think to to Tor's point is 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 we do glorify uh, people that 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 do things that really shouldn't be glorified, but yet we put these type of people on a pedestal. I mean, you look at every single one of us on this on this podcast right now, we're all working black men with families that take, you know, we, we do, we handle our responsibilities the way we're supposed to do it. But I can guarantee you this. I mean, hell man, I just retired after 20 years in the army. You think anybody give a fuck that I just retired after 20 years in the army? Of course not, because it's not sexy, right? It's, I'm not a drug dealer. I'm not doing, you know, X, Y, and Z that, that things that people glorify in, in, in the hood. But, you know, Dave's a teacher. Joe works in DOE. You, you know, you do your thing. I do. My, I mean, we all do things that we're supposed to do, but yet nobody thinks that it's cool because it's not, you know, glorified. It's not raised up on a pedestal. And so part of the problem is, like, like Joe was just talking about, those junior high school age kids, like if we don't get a hold of these kids um, at that time, you know, it's almost too far gone by the time they get to high school on a path that they decide to take. And so with us growing up, we, again, fortunate enough to have Dave and, you know, even Spot's crazy ass that, that took care of us as well. But it's not, it, it is few and far in between now where, where you have the opportunity to, to, to mentor people, to make sure you can try and keep them on the right track because hell man, at 11, 12 years old, these kids got phones. They're, they're all into technology. They, they get influenced immediately by people that are glorified, which they shouldn't be. But but this is the this is the problem within the community that, you know, Joe said, people say, yeah, fuck vote and I don't want to vote. That's a problem. That's lack of leadership. Right. But, you know, to Dave's point, man, if I can get one person or two people, I'm going to try my best to do it. But it's just so many people that are just lost and they believe that they know um, what they're doing, but they just don't because of a lack of leadership um, within the community. It is it is a. I mean, we talk about a, a, a epidemic. It is an epidemic because of the lack of leadership that we have in our neighborhoods. And it, it is it's frightening. It's frightening to see because it's not getting any better. It's actually getting worse. Lee, correct, Joe. Joe. His, Metro, his Metro PCS acting up on him. <laughs> I'm going to come back to Joe. I'm going to go to Dave. Is there a lack of leadership in the black community? Yeah, there's a lack of leadership, there's a lack of leadership all over the place. We got we just got rid of a president who had no leadership, who did what he wanted to do. We just, we look here, being a leader, being a leader means you have to have integrity. I mean, that's the biggest thing I think as a leader is being, having integrity, meaning that you're, you're there for the people. You mean what you say and say what you mean. And we have so many people who come into their jobs. If you're teaching, you're a leader and you just can't come in there and teach and 
teach the subject matter. There's so many times that I'm teaching outside my subject matter that that was there. There's even moments when, matter of fact, Ma, when you was there, I didn't want to coach basketball. I was trying, like, leave me alone. <laughs> but I stepped up because there was nobody else there to get it, and these guys really wanted to get the boss. If you really want to do it, I made a deal with them. Y'all go to class. I had to chase them into class, but if y'all go to class, I'll coach. And all those dudes there went to class and got their grades up, man. So you did, you did your part. I'm gonna do my part. Mm. That and, and I'm saying we don't have leaders who are gonna come inside here and gonna say, "Yo, I, I, I got you." It, it's 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 so rare that we got people inside the neighborhood saying, "I got you," and really mean it, and and don't tell you that you know, that they can't do it or they're unwilling to do it or you're here to make some, I'm just here to make some money off of you. That, that's the problem. We have to be, you have to realize, you know what, I'll be real with you. Again, coaching with them guys, coaching them guys when, when you had the tournament, they kept throwing money at me. I was like, I don't want no more of this. Y'all keep this. I don't want this money. I don't want this here. I gave it to the assistant coaches all the time. That's why I had like, that's why I had like four assistant coaches. They was they was had people dying to come coach because I look at man, it's ain't about the money, it's about helping these guys. Right, 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 right. You gotta get, I'm just saying, you gotta get on point, and, and we have to have leaders who are coming through, and we have to have parents who are going through. And I'm gonna say the next part is as, as I think is just pitiful. Um this this smoking weed thing, man. Now look, I know people are adults, but if you're smoking weed, that's your business. But your kids shouldn't come to school with the weed smoking. Daddy. So See, she's telling, she, she's, she's telling you, come on in. Whoever said that? Hello, girl. <laughs> we need leaders who aren't going to do that, who aren't going to let that go. They're letting, now they're letting these kids come inside the schools and, and mom is smoking and the, the kid is smoking and the kid got a kid who's, she's not smoking, but the little two-year-old's high because she's got a contact from everybody who's smoking. Lack of leadership and lack of concern, lack of maturity to keep your your your, your adult life away from your kids. So we end up so we end up with a bunch of people who are going cuckoo for cocoa puffs coming to your classroom because they high. Want to mm. eat chips and fall asleep. <laughs> Middle of class. And mom is thinking, I can't get rid and discipline this kid because this kid's got the, all the weed. We we smoke together. Yeah, that's a big issue right there. We so, need more leaders. That's all I'm trying to say. We need more leaders, period. That's facts. That's facts. That's all so true. Oh, shit. Look who it is. Oh, that spot. Yeah, I'm on a pool table. Go ahead. Yeah. Running straight into your left. So, yeah, I'm going to Joe. Police correct Joe. You know, so is there a lack of leadership in the black community? The, the good kind of leadership, yes. Mm -hmm. We have like one, one, you know, bad apple, like destroying the whole tree. You know what I'm saying? And it's a, it's a, it's, it's a lack of leadership in the, in the black community. So it's, 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 I'll agree with that. It's, it's, it's no, you know, it's no positive like. I could go around the old neighborhood and tell these guys, you know, you should do this and this and this. And they probably look at me like, oh, nigga, you a square. You get what I'm saying? You, <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't down with us, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
and I'm coming from a, a, a place where like, I really care. And I'm like, listen, if you want to see changes happen here, this is what you have to do. But they look at me like I'm a square. But then, you know, you could have a person that's not doing anything for them. They're not getting any money, not trying to make anything better for them. It's giving them a gun and telling them, go shoot this guy. And, you know, and, and it has a lot to do with the household too. You know, because a lot of times, like with my kids, that like like leadership starts in the house. So your kids have to know who they are and what they're worth before they go out there in the streets. And a lot of people don't have that. They don't have leadership in the household. You know, so it starts with the parents. To me, it starts with the parents. So you, if if you if you have bad parents, majority of the time you're gonna go through some shit. You gotta yeah. have strong parents. I agree with you, Joe, and, but I'm gonna chime in on what you're saying. Charity starts at home. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I believe. Like it starts with me. So my, I tell my kids this, this, this. Like I remember I, I think I gave Jeremiah a wrong answer on his um on his math class, right? On his math. I, I, like me and him calculated wrong and he went to his school so he had an argument with his with his peers because it, it was wrong and he was like my daddy gave me this answer that shit you know and he stood behind me on the <laughs> <laughs> what he said what my daddy me and my daddy you know but me being a, as a leader you know I, I said listen sometimes I'm wrong too and I was wrong because I missed you know but it starts with the household man and a lot of these kids, unfortunately, in poor neighborhoods, you know, they have a lot to deal with. So, LP the voice, you you want to chime in on is there a lack of leadership in the black community? Yeah, it, it is a lack in the black community. We don't have enough strong black role models to keep everything going. You know. Some people start and they want to give up on doing what they know they're supposed to be doing. And that's where things turn around. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's not enough Daves out here, man. That's that's just the word. It's just blank. It's not enough, it's not enough Daves out here. You know, no, but 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 but, but, if, but even if you look at it, right? It, 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 it's not a lot of us out there either, right? Because right? I'm sure, I'm sure they probably went to other kids, and they was like they're, they're assholes. You know what I'm saying? Because some kids, I hate to say, it, you can't get through to them. It's you, you, you just can't get through to some some kids, bro. It's but let me fix know, that. Kids, let me fix yeah, that no, one for no, you, man. All right, thank, thank you, Dave. Thank you. Because I was about to say. Let me, so. fi let me fix yeah. that one for you. If you have someone out there, let's let's say let's say I work with an impetrate dog. If the dog goes, yo, that's a night you can pet me. Then you can come along and we and we can go do something. There are sometimes you pet a stray dog and you might get your hand bit. You go on about that. I don't mess with that. So I'm saying, you guys, I walked up, I said, yo, what's up? Don't want to get down. And y'all said, yeah. And y'all came along. Now think about it. No, we I had other guys, to to get down. Yeah, other guys who wanted to get down with y'all and say, could, could I, you know, we want to play too. And I was like, nah, man, you got, there's a requirement here that you have to 
you have to be uh, uh, some kind of person to get on this thing. You just can't get on here and play. You got to be able to do something, do, do the right thing. You dudes, a member was getting the paperwork done in the consent form. <laughs> I, I had dudes that want to go home to their mom and tell them what they was doing. So it just comes down to you just can't let everybody get down to your group and realize that the seed will be, you have to drop a seed and say, okay, and hope it grow. If it don't, you know, we'll move on. But you, you got to get those you, you can get. The, those, those who don't want to get it, maybe you're not the right person for them. You're not, everybody can't get it right. Obviously, no offense to you, but you shouldn't be doing math problems. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but the thing is, I, I was you. able to admit that I was wrong. <laughs> but if yeah, you but admit I was, you was, I was wrong, but I'm saying this, that, you know. Maybe the math thing, again, it's okay not to have that not be the moment right there. It's okay to go on and say, okay, we could do something else here. I'll come back to you and we'll drop it in later. It wasn't, it's, it's not, it's, it's not a, it's not an insult or anything else to say that that's not my thing. But instance, they want to do double Dutch. Yo, I don't do no double Dutch, man. I don't know about that. I can't help you with that. But I could coach a basketball team. We could do flag football. We could do some other stuff. But, yo, I'm, I, I can't help out the, uh, the stuff I can't help out. You get in where you fit in, man. Whatever, whoever it is. There are some dudes I couldn't get with, man. Some dudes in that neighborhood came up to me. I was like, you know, I, this kid right here. He going to try to eat a ball. One, two games, he ate up all the lunch, all the lunch all the time, man. He can't have this kid inside the center every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but a lot of times too, Dave, and, and, you know, no, but a lot of times too, right? And this is what people don't realize. It's like, when you're in the hood, right? Doing the right thing could get you killed also. All the time. Doing the right thing could put you in that, especially if you're a good dude, because they're looking at you like you're a square. You don't bust your gun, right? So I could bully you. So, and you have a lot to lose. I have nothing to lose. So a lot of times when, you know, you think about guys that really don't want to go into the neighborhood, it's because it's like they might have a lot to lose because you have a bunch of guys in there that just want to prove themselves and they're basically looking for victims. And it's a couple of times when, you know, we like you know, we try to do good things for the neighborhood, and then you have one asshole who like try to fuck everything up, and then the people that you're trying to help will rally behind that guy. And then when you take shit away from them, they be like, "Oh, that's fucked up. You don't do shit here no more." You know, you know what I'm saying? But so you gotta be careful too. Like you can't just go in the hood and help everybody. You know. That's the risk you take to help out people. And that's the risk you take with it. And you know, I, I'm big on, I pray every day, you know, me, me and God roll through. So I'm not rolling by myself. I'm in and out of situations. And sometimes I don't know how the heck I got out of that situation when I get there. And there are moments when, like I said, when I got there first at the community center, 430 hated me. That building hated me, man. I, I was changing stuff. They didn't know, like, we can't use the bathroom. We can't go here. We can't do this. They were so mad about it. But um, after a while, the same guys who were mad at me were protecting me. They made sure nobody came inside there and, and started some trouble after they got to see the changes and what it was about. I had dudes for a minute, they were dropping off. They were putting their guns in the box and giving it to me. Hold this while I play the game. So it was like the center for a minute was, was Switzerland. 
Like, you know, we ain't doing no beef here, but it took a minute. It took yeah. a minute for me to get there, like, you know, and the lady I was working, Miss Johnson, she hated it. She was like, yo, you know that dude's a drug dealer? You know this dude's a thug? This dude's here? I said, and here they 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 not that. They look, they're looking for a refuge in here, so let's give it to them. Again, like I just said, you put your hand out, you see what's up. If they try to bite it, pull it back, or we won't be doing that no more. But if they if they if they if they accept you, they'll they'll, they'll see the dudes in the neighborhood see what's up and they know what's happening. There's somebody watching right now that's gonna help you out when you do something. You just have to keep on the right path, man. Again, that's what integrity is, not giving up your stuff, not not changing who you are, man, because of what might happen. If you there, you there. Because somebody's gotta come in the hood and do it. If, Ain't no white folk gonna come inside the neighborhood and talk about, oh, let's go change neighborhood. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're not gonna stay there forever. You got, somebody gotta do it. If you feel the thing is in you to do it, then do it. Right, right. So, Jay Boogie, Yeah, but like, like I said, like with me, like, I help out where I can help out, but I just see, but I just see, no, I just see situations where, you know, they, they turn on you, like, so that's what I said. They follow the wrong people sometimes. So give put, that's what but don't give put that. Hold, oh, excuse me. Don't put that. I'm gonna tell you, man. There was a moment when I actually had to call my dude because I'm from. Look here, I grew up in Cypress Projects. So I actually one time, 4:30 was so mad at me because I I was changing yeah. stuff about over a basketball game that they was like, "Yo, when you leave, and we're gonna be waiting for you." I had to call my boys from the other hood to wait outside for me. For, for that. And I'm thinking, yo, we're about to get some over some beef over some a basketball, whatever it was. I think it was a school, it was like a free lunch or whatever it was. I didn't give it to one of the dudes and then the neighborhood was a basketball, whatever it was, it was something stupid. And you just can't go out like that. I'm trying to say, you're there to help out, you're there to help out. If you don't put yourself in danger, but realize that you may have to though. You may have to do some stuff to, to get down with it. And that's what, think about when y'all when y'all throw them tournaments all the time. Why can't you get referees at late night? They scared the hood. They scared the cage. They like, yo, we got to be up by five. You guys show them it's all right, man. That's what I'm saying. You have to set the example. Right, right, right. So, Jay Boogie, and, I, and, and, and you know, in our, on our, in our neighborhood, you know, what, what do you think can be done to change that at all? Or what do a leader needs to do in that neighborhood to change the dynamics of it? Or if it's not possible at all? Um, anything is possible. Um, but I think that the, the, the climb uphill is very, very steep um, because of the mentality. I mean, that's, that's, you know, when people ask me about growing up in New York, I tell people being from New York is a mentality, man. And, and it is, it is, it's a survivor's mentality, but in that neighborhood, right. You look, Look at lack of education, lack of desire to want to be better, to, to, to get away from there, or just to better, better educate yourselves in order to influence the community. There's not many people around there, you know, that has a higher education learning. I mean, I probably could count on one hand, if that, of anybody around it with the higher education learning. Um, because again, it's like Joe said, you know, you're a square if you go get a bachelor's degree or if you get a master's degree, but if you sell a nickel bag or a dime bag, you know, you're, you're, you're the best thing since sliced bread. So I don't want to say it's impossible to change the neighborhood, 
but it is an uphill climb. And, and, and personally for me, because I don't live there anymore, you know, it, it's hard for me to just personally to try to invest any time there because I, I just don't live there anymore. And it's not that I don't care about it, but, but people that live there, you know, you have to ask yourselves how much about the neighborhood do they really care about? Um, and that's what just makes it so freaking tough, man. And then, you know, you see the younger kids who I used to cross the streets. Now you see them, they ripping and running and doing the same thing. So now you got another generation of people that thinks that it's cool to do all the stupidity. So at what point in time do you break this, you know, this, this curse of, of, of a cycle of, of constant, you know, stupidity that's going on in our neighborhoods. And we can point, we can look to point the finger at, you know, a white person or whomever else, but it ain't them as us, man. You know, we do it to ourselves. And unless we get better as, you know, as far as educating and having, you know, aspirations to do something better that, that, that is not illegal. Um, you know, I, I, the situation will never change. Well, talk. Yeah, yo. Yeah. So, yeah, so how the dynamics can change in the neighborhood, in our old neighborhood, or if it's possible, or it's not possible? Um, it's possible, man. It's possible. It's like, it's going to take a little bit of, of everything, like uh, what everybody was saying. Like when um, Dave was alluding to these dudes who got, who, you know, come up, make money. You know, Jay-Z from Marcy Projects, Fab from Breedboy Projects. All these guys are from, like, our neighborhoods. A lot of dudes that came up. Like, and, if, and, it, and it definitely takes somebody to, to make that initial, initial um, effort. Like, if Jay-Z was to put out something with a GoFundMe or, or put up some money, then people will follow. It's going to take a lot of that, of resources, of our own funding and... Like, I always wanted to use this term for something, but um, grant hunters. You got to have a team of people that could go out there and get these government assistance um, funding, you know, that don't have to be um, paid back and that could be useful for um, our community. It's going to take a, 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 a whole team. It's going to take a village, basically. But unfortunately, like how he's saying, the younger generation, they just come up more and more ruthless, like more doing the wrong thing, or and like, and like I said, it's a pandemic. They've been calling this the pandemic. Like you got purse snatchers out here with hundred thousand dollars. Like so, it's their minds are even gone even more now at this point. But um, so it's it's gonna take a lot. Like if all these if all these guys that's doing wrong right now was to reinvest their money and and do something for the better of the community, that'd be better off. But we already know, we, we hear all the time. It's the same list stores, Gucci, Dior, Louis Vuitton, and structure, the suppressor, so to say. But it's gonna take a lot. It's gonna take a whole lot, man. And I really like how I be saying to you off air, man. Like I ain't really missed to save the world, man. So like I don't know, but like I know right from wrong, good from bad, and things are looking bad in our old hood. Definitely, we don't have a community center no more. Like all these things that they talking about, that's not there no more. None of that's there. Like you gotta, 
Like, crazy. None of that stuff. Resources are gone, dry. I used to, to I used to work as a counselor. I had a little summer job there. Me, Joe, me, Ma, we used to make money in there. And you know, watch we watch these kids grow. Like some some of those same kids we was counseling are stone cold gangsters. Like it's crazy. And, and it's it's a shame that we I know more of those that is doing bad than not doing good because I'm sure a couple of them are definitely doing good. So I've seen a couple of them out there doing their thing, but it mostly happens when they move away. It's unfortunate, but it's sometimes that's true. Right, right. Police correct, Joe. The question again. How did the how can the dynamics in our neighborhood in our old neighborhood change, or if it's even possible? I mean, everything is anything is possible. So I will say it, it but it's going to just take a lot of hard work, and you know, and you got to deal with a lot of, because you got to get through to the people, right? But also, I think you got to get to the younger generation. You got to get through to them. Mm-hmm. But it, it's going to take a lot of hard work and it's going to take a lot of disrespect and it's going to take a lot of threats. But like I said, if you really want to lead and you believe in something, then, you know, people will follow you. But you have to believe in it and you have to be willing to die for it. See, like, like even if you look at Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X, they believe in what they believe in their in their dream so much that they was willing to die for it and they know death was coming you know but are people willing to die for their beliefs now to save a group of people that probably don't care like you know that's the question right right it honestly depends on who it is i mean some people would sit there and say oh we need a change i'm willing to sacrifice my life make this change happen. That's where you got legends that come in and people that's willing to die for it, like you just can I agree with you 100%. Um, for example, the pastor asked all the time, who will give up their child to save the world like God gave up peace? Who's willing to take that step? So it's a, it's a lot about people who have to make that step and want to really have that change really, really to be serious. Like, I mean, come on. Would you, would you, you, the way you talk a lot of times, you want this to go that way, this to go that way, are you one of the people that's willing to risk your life to make this happen? Right. Me? Yeah. No, I, yes, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't, like, at this moment, Spy, I, I really, I wouldn't because like my, I got five kids, bro, and they need me here. You get what I'm saying? But that's like when how many kids like, more had? How many kids more had? Malcolm X and the King back in the days. They used to. Um, but more not risking his life. For them, right? You doing this for them? You talking about leadership? No, but we talking about. I know, but the topic was leadership. No, but we're talking about we're talking about changing. All right, so I'm. I know, but still leadership out of thought. Oh, shit, get spell some milk. 
Go ahead, Joe. No, but if, but no, if we're talking about if if we talking like like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, they um they used to target the younger kids, like the college kids, the high school kids. That's who, because kids like with all this passion and they're not really settled down. They don't have anybody to take care of. They're just full of you know hope. So that's who you have so to get way, through to. So way you can't get through to a 30-year-old oh, man with kids. Like, Martin, Martin, Martin was more for peace and Malcolm was by any means necessary. So how are we going to sit But they both got killed, though. Together? How are we going to combine that together? They both, they, 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 they. He's trying to teach these. They, they both like was about said, the same. These two are reckless right now. We were reckless when we was growing up. Stuff changed. Every, we was, every, we was every, what? Every, every generation is a different generation, bro. Every generation is a different generation. My daughter just cut her damn hair. I'm so pissed the fuck off. But I can't be upset. I gotta respect it. That's what she wanted to do. I'm growing my hair, but my mama don't like a man with long ass hair. So, I mean, well, how could I say something like that? This is where leadership coming in. How, how far you want to go with the leadership? As far as changing the uh, neighborhood, that's going to be a... Um, boom, whoa, whoa. With these kids growing up now, the way they growing up now, half the time, it's not, not even two family homes no more. A lot, a lot of it is not even two family homes. Got the father living over here that was cheated or the mother done cheated. And now she got three more kids, and he done got another kid on it. And so it's no more togetherness. So, oh, excuse me, gentlemen. What, what what you guys are talking about? Again, I think you're trying to take you're trying to change too much too soon. What what right. you're talking about? Just what you're saying. Yo, take care of home first. Your first job, if anything, is to take care of home first. Yeah. Take care of your kids. Take care of your home. Because guess what? If they're not, if you're not there, you don't know who's going to be able to take care of them. Take care of home first. If your home is taken care of, then go ahead and be the leader to others outside of that. Take care. Take care of your kids. Make sure your, you're, you're responsible for your kids. Dead or alive, you're responsible for your kids. You should leave something for them to go ahead and move, and, and move off with financially and something to move up with and any other kind of you are responsible for your yep. kid until they come until they become yep. until they become adults. And even then, you guys still, the truth of the matter is still some of us still go to uh -huh. dad when they when they're adults. Yep. So you're right, 100 percent So be out. So look out for your kids, look out for your stuff, take care of that thing, and then go ahead to the to, to the, be that leader someplace else. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X were well, okay. exceptions to the rule. Exceptions to the rule. They're not the they're, they're not the norm as far as what people do, as far as what people have done. Somebody wouldn't have done that for, for anybody else. That's true love, or 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 some people may see it as irresponsible. I don't know which way you want to take it. But you but you gotta take care of your home, period. That's where that's where your leadership skills should be its best at home. But that's, that, but that's the thing, but that's the thing I was talking about too. But that's what I was talking about too, Dave. Like, you know, you can't have a 30-year-old man, right? And I have like five kids to take care of, and I feel like when you when you become a parent, you get scared, especially to, you get scared to leave young kids behind. So you're more careful and less reckless. You get what I'm saying? So 
having kids, like, you know, it it, it, it stops you. It makes you no. It, it makes you more careful. I think so. Like it, with, with with helping, like uh, like like going back to the old neighborhood and and fight. It's not worth it. Right, but but that's not that's not necessarily scared. That's changing your priorities. It's not it's not it's, it's not a fear. It's, it's it's not a bad fear. It's changing your priorities. Once your child comes to play, all that other all the other priorities that you had before go, go out the door, man. You can't. This this person this little person here is dependent on you, period. So you have you have to you have to. And I wouldn't even call it fear. I would just call it. So I got to be here and be the best I can be for them. I Those can't be out people stuff. You guys you guys want stuff for your kids right now, and that's the biggest that's the biggest thing that anybody can do to help you become uh, from a leader. Your leadership should be skilled to be at home first. With that, I, but I, I totally agree. Well, I, I totally agree with that. Right, no, I hear you. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's, a lot. it's, it's not an easy task. So, what I'm gonna do right now? I'm gonna go around the room with the final tape. LT, the voice. What's up, brother? What's your, what's your <laughs> What's your final take? And you can use your phone. Oh, my final take, man. Be strong with what you do. Leadership starts at home. Charity starts at home. If you can't be a leader in the house, you can't be a leader nowhere. All right, man. Thank you. Jay Boogie, final take. Um, look, leadership is a responsibility. Um, that, that should be taken very seriously. Um, too, too often people, people look at leadership as a title, as a, uh, as a means to have a, a, a stature, so to speak. But, you know, with a, with a title comes responsibility. Um, and quite frankly, if you don't want the responsibility, then you shouldn't take the job of being a leader. Sometimes you are thrusted into a position where you are required to be a leader and, and you don't have a choice. But a lot of times you do have a choice when you when you are thrusted into a leadership role, um, whether it's at home or whether it's whether it's in a uh, in a workplace. Uh, I think you know obviously the strength of our nation is our people, and um, and the strength of our people is our family. And so to Dave's point, leadership starts at home first and foremost with the family, and then you branch out to to, to other places. But you know, make no mistake about it, leadership is nothing. There is zero that's easy about leadership. But as long as you continue to grow each and every day, I think that's what really defines who you will become as a leader. As long as you're willing to learn from people um, that that can't that can't talk back to you, so to speak, learn from those people, and I think that's what really makes us become a well-rounded leader. World tour final take. Yeah, man, <clears throat> leadership is is one of the biggest things. That's gonna push our um, community, and it's um, it's definitely that whole the whole leadership thing is in trouble. And um, as long as we keep doing our part, like more days, more Mr. Reed, another uh, Mr. Baraka, and let's go on, Mr. Logan. Like you know, as long as these guys are are there, and we gotta uh, recognize and um, really. Um, we put them on that pedestal, man. And I think we need to, you know, it's going to be a tough job. 
Oh, but it, it needs to be done. It's a long road ahead. Police uh, correct, Joe. Final take. Voting is very important, and it's the most important thing that we could do. And that's how you start change. That's how you, you know, because if voting wasn't important, they wouldn't try to suppress it at this moment. So it's this power in, you know, your voice. And to be a good leader, you just need great communication skills and the ability to, uh, ability to listen, you know, and be, you know, have empathy for others. Right. And Dave, what's your final point? Um, first, my, my big thing, I want to say thank you for, for putting me on to this. Um, and for me, I see leadership in all of you guys. And for you to take your kids, your family, and put them in the best position possible, that's leadership. And, and that's the biggest and first thing you should be able to do. I mean, there's nothing else more important than taking care of your family. And um, all the other stuff that comes out of it, just do what you can, where you can. So I, I'm really proud when I see Marl doing the, doing the tournaments and he's got dudes out there. Some dudes were playing the tournament with Marl. See, I'm like, yo, this dude's a thug. But in the <laughs> tournament, you know, he's on, he's on, he's on his best behavior because he want to play. And that's a grown man sometimes. Like, yo, he, he's like, yo, I would, I would turn the place out, but I got to act right because I want to play ball. It's the same thing. If you just do what you can, when you can, when the call comes to you, Yo, that, that, that's leadership, man. And, that, and that's what we all need. Just do what you can. Don't try to fight off too much. Don't try to change the world. Just, again, like I had told me, man, just, just change the locks in the bathroom and you'll be all right. That's, that's leadership. <laughs> uh, that's all, man. <laughs> Yo, Mo, Mo, real quick, don't, don't wrap up yet, real quick. I, and as Dave started talking about us, I, I think it's very important. There's, there's always a moment in time where we always, we never give people the flowers when they're here. We always wait when it's too late. So I want to give you your flowers now just really to say thank you uh, for what you did for all of us. Because when you look at us, you know, you are a, you know, you are a, um, a base of a tree and we're, we are all branches of you um, because of yeah, your yeah, what, yeah. You us, uh, what you showed us, the opportunities you, you gave us as young kids. Take that damn slip home and get your mother to sign that consent form and we out. <laughs> But, but that is a life lesson that I'm, I'm sure I can speak for all of us that we will never forget. So, so for me personally, and probably for the rest of the brothers, uh, thank you. Thank you wholeheartedly. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's yeah. a fact. That's a fact. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know what, Dave? Yeah, he, had, he, had, he had us all out. And, and you, know what, you know what else, Dave? I guarantee you all of us still got our Kings of Armani t-shirt, that green uh -huh. shirt. Because that's our phobic. Never go against the green, baby. <laughs> I named yeah, my baby. first daughter Imani. Yeah, man. Because of that T-shirt. See what I'm saying? And, and that T-shirt, it means a lot to me. I still have it. It's like, I'm afraid it, you know, because that shit. There it is right there, so Dave. Close. There it is right there, Dave. You got a tattoo up. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Nah, but it's just, you know, what you did for us, bro, like, it, it's, I, I thank you. And, you know, and more, and more, like, he took a lot from you because a, a lot of people, 
they look forward to Mars tournament every year, you know, and that's from you. That's teaching, you know, teaching us to have, you know, you, you get, you give us that, you make us have faith in, in, in the community. You know, we, we thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And I, and like I said, I see Maul doing his thing every year. I see Maul doing, and sometimes I, I still see the, some dudes still wearing the t-shirts. From Ma from Mars tournaments, <laughs> so, that's only when so, uh, they win, though. That's only that's when they win. Fact. When that's they win a the championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, man, I got I, I got to personally thank you as well, Dave. You helped us out a lot yeah, when we were younger. Yeah, Dave, I want to thank you too, man. Because if it wasn't for you, man, a lot of stuff I probably would have learned. Man, definitely, a lot of stuff you, I probably would have learned. Oh, you, right. you was my go-to, and then we caught up early, and then we, we, we became big, big family members together. And that was wonderful. You kept me on my team, too. And I was, I was um, eligible to follow in your footsteps with the um, positive stuff. Because a lot of people, I see, I have a father growing up. I knew who he was, but I had a lot of different positive role models in my life. What the hell is shit? I'm going to try to get me a truck like he got. His goddamn handle wheels come off. Okay. His damn handle wheels, his, his steering wheel come off his car. I said, oh, I want a car like that. Remember the red truck? Remember the Jeep, the old Maui Jeep, yeah. Uh-huh. You took, you, took, you took your steering wheel upstairs with you. I'm like, yo, this is some shit, man. I said, yo, I'm Man, shit. That was my first fast food ride that I pushed a couple of blocks. Because you ain't let nobody drive it like that. <laughs> that was your baby. But yeah, man, positive role models, man. That's what we need more. Oh, somebody that's going to steer us the right way, man. And I thank you so much because that helped me out and keep me maintaining the program. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so Dave, yeah, Dave, you you you's a great leader for all of us. Um, you took us to Armani. You know, we did, we still probably owe you ten dollars each. I don't think none of us paid you Yo, you need the ten dollars. We'd be like, yo, we gonna bring it to you next week, and then next week. <laughs> And me knowing what I know now about tournaments, you had to pay that ref fee every week. So that's about forty to fifty dollars that you play paid every week for us. All right, baby. You know what I mean? So that's a lot of money you came out your own pocket with. You get what I mean? Plus you gave me the scoreboard. You know, you helped me get the permit. You helped me get the gym. You get what I mean? So you took us to Betsy Head. You know, you did a lot for us. You know, again, that green shirt, you know, bonded all of us together. You get what I mean? We really wasn't hanging with each other like that much. Some of us was, but that green shirt really bonded against us. And as Polly Craig Joe said, you say we don't go against the green. That means we don't go against each other. <laughs> Everybody know what that means. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, I personally thank you. You're a great leader. You know, you already know I done told you this already, but you know, I, I really, 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 really appreciate you for what you have done for me. And you continue to do for me because you know I'm always on your back about asking you for stuff. So and I probably continue will and I will continue to. <laughs> Ain't no problem. Ain't no problem, Ma. Ain't no problem, Ma. <laughs> All right. So you know, what I mean, thank you so much for. All right, thank you so much for joining us today, that Jay Boogie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, sir. LT the voice. Thank you so much for joining us today.
I know, I know I was a little bit busy. I'm doing one of the tour moves up here, ATL, chilling with my wifey. We, we playing pool. We about to go do another game of pool. Okay. Uh, Always a pleasure. And World Tour, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, thank you too. I wanted to say real quick too, yo, Dave, I appreciate everything as well. I, I had a long speech. I was like, damn, what the fuck I was saying? But I appreciate everything you've done. You know what I'm saying? No problem, man. You know what I'm saying? And like, because even, you know, there's a lot, man. But yeah. I appreciate you getting on, man. Word. A lot of words of wisdom, man. I appreciate it. No problem, man. And, and special, no problem. Uh, special guest today, Dave, thank you again for joining us today. It means a lot to us to, for you to come on today. Thank you again. Thank you again. My honor, man. Thank you. You guys are brightening up my day. My, my Sunday's good today, man. Thank you. <laughs> All right, no problem. All right, this has been another edition of the Brothers Podcast. We out. Special thanks to World Tour, J Boogie, LT The Voice, Politically Correct Joe, and our special guest, Mr. Wallace, and Coach Dave. That's a wrap for this edition of the Brothers Podcast. Love, peace, soul. We out.